video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome back to Pure Dead Gaming, your weekly dose of all things gaming. Jess and Craig here this week, here to catch up on the latest news, games we've been playing, and a look ahead to summer gaming. Thanks as always for tuning in. We had some great feedback to our live episodes, so we hope to bring you more of that going forward, starting with the next Afterlife monthly roundup, in fact. So we'll be live tonight if you're listening as this episode airs, or it will be released Monday as an audio podcast. Um, we're also just a few weeks away from Play Expo Glasgow, Scotland's favourite gaming expo taking place at Brayhead Arena on the 17th and 18th of June. There are still tickets available, I believe, so go grab some and head along. We are looking forward to seeing many of you there in person. And um, help us out if you can and rip brand while you're there with your very own Pure Dead Gaming t-shirt. I'll leave a link in the description if you do not yet have one. And uh, no Andy this week, no gaming movie either, but plenty to discuss from all the events and discussions over the last few weeks. So yeah, let's kick things off, Craig. Busy, busy. Hmm. You put it into perspective there, just how much is going on. Live show that last week, live show this week, two live shows next week. Yeah, we'll need to Summer Expo. post out a little like schedule of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did that on the week of the PlayStation event just because we had three things, but this is way more than that, mm. yeah. Exciting though, all very exciting if you are indeed a gamer. And if you're not, then you're probably in the wrong place. Probably. Well, maybe not for the first half hour, we do waffle on a bit, a bit of shite first. You speak for yourself. You've been known to dabble in talking <laughs> shite yourself. <laughs> As someone who's lived with you for 12 years, let me tell you. Yeah, okay, fair. What did you... What did you think? Going live? Did I had you... lots of fun. It was good, wasn't it? A good, yeah. good laugh. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I could see the comments coming in, but I'm not yet used to adapting on the fly to them. And so... What I you're put... trying to professionally say is you're shit at multitasking. I'm a guy. Every guy is shit true. at multitasking. I mean, don't be wrong, I struggled as well. But, it'll, you know, you get used to it. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to get used to it. We'll have to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because the, the gaming events just keep coming. They do, indeed. And that's the thing. Like, we're If it ma- wasn't for Jeff Keighley, I just don't know where we would be. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, we're a little bit early previewing Summer Game Fest, but because Xbox decided to go in the same week, I mean, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Mm. We've, got to, we've got to provide the content. Jeff and his fucking stupid shoes. But yeah, yeah, last week was good. Looking forward to this week. Looking forward to our rest. I am knackered. I have had a busy few months. Yeah, as it transpires, you've had how many annual days leave since the start of the year? Two. Officially two. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know, if you run on the, like, April 
thing, you should have, like, April to April, or even, like, January to January, you should have had, like, 25% of your holidays so far, and yet... No, here I've, we are. the tank has been empty for mm-hmm. about... I feel like I've been coasting, like, sort of sleepwalking through life for about six <laughs> weeks now, and I'm quite excited because I've got tomorrow off, but then... The next three or four weeks, I've got multiple... I'm not off the whole time, but I've got, like... I'm working, like, three days a week or two days a week for, like, the next month. Um, And I'm so excited just to get a break. And it's summer, your favourite time of year. Well, that's the thing. I actually... I think I'm going to get to enjoy it because my working situation has slightly changed and so I'm not stuck in the dungeon that I once was in a wee room with no windows and no fresh air, 40 degrees. I'm now usually in an office that's like 35 degrees and has a window. I mean, it's got bars in front of it. It's still like a prison, but it's (laughs) it's slightly better. My my situation has improved. Unfortunately, the clientele that frequents our lovely home has not. Um, What do you mean? I mean, as soon as it's summertime, you get all the Ouija's from Glasgow coming down here and wreaking havoc. I've never heard so many fucking... Emergency services noises in my life that I heard today it was constant. We are in the midst of a heat wave. People like to fire up the barbecue and then that goes horribly wrong. There has been multiple like commercial fires. Ah, the Greggs went on fire. Yeah. Potentially and, twice because yeah. they were there putting it out and then and they the were train, there three hours later. And the train station. The train station went on fire. Yeah. It's all happening. It is all happening, aye. But the problem is you get. Like, I mentioned this in Discord, but you get all these people from Glasgow who jump in a train for 45 minutes and then think they're on holiday and just start acting like absolute twats. I mean, I think you're being very stereotypical. That's unfair to everyone that lives in Glasgow. Not everyone in Glasgow's a twat, but if the shoe fits. Like, (laughs) I mean, you know what it's like? We've went walks down the beach at like six o'clock at night on a summer's night and it's bottles and fucking shit everywhere. Like because they've all just come down and ransacked the place. I'm not. It's not just people from Glasgow. We have other small towns available in the immediate vicinity <laughs> that are also full of fannies. No, you're not painting Scotland in a very bright light here for anyone who's not from Scotland. My town's fantastic. It's all the drifters. <laughs> they come in and make a mess. But I, I mean, I tell you something. See the police today. They earned. Yeah, I think they've been busy. They earned their coin. Mm-hmm. They earned their coin definitely. Mm-hmm. And so did the ice cream van man. He has been by once again. He's become a bit of a recurring feature on this show. We spoke about him. I feel like we owe him an apology, though. Well... Because he actually is an ice cream van we, man, we have potentially. Now, we have now been, and he has served us ice cream. Yeah. So... I like to takes think... Takes card and cash. Who knew? Really? Mm. That's not good. Does Erin know that he takes cards? No, I told good. her that he only takes cash. Right, aye, because so, that's, that's my, the That's end. my get-out for, for no. when she, Can we go? No. Yeah, you don't want that. I like to think that he is a listener and found out that we were onto him. And so he started stalking, like, as does own ice cream and just takes a scoop whenever somebody comes out now. To to pull it back to Father Ted, because I like to do that, the episode with the over 75 football club, there's a fake ice cream van in that. And that's what I think the situation was. Well... It's but definitely. it does, to be fair, it appears that he might be a legitimate businessman. Yep, Danny's ice cream. 
Is that what it is, Dan? Don't fucking, don't promote the guy. <laughs> Just because he's got a tub of ice cream in the back. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if you brought a sniffer dog, there's drugs in the van. <laughs> you will not convince me that there's not drugs in the van. I bet if I went up for an ice cream and a joint, I'd come back with both. That's all I'm saying. Um, not great, come on. Again, once again, not painting our local area in a very good light. <laughs> I'm not here to prop other people up. You never watched much of this. You fell asleep last night. You did a you did a Jess mm-hmm. and fell asleep pretty early doors more watching John Wick. I did, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, sorry on you go. It's just, it's, it's just fighting, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's, well, John Wick 4 especially. Like, John Wick, the original film, I think has an excellent story of revenge. But yeah, it has devolved into... Let's see how many times we can put on the biggest action scene. Uh, and Andy had watched it the other day and he'd messaged me, been like, there's a scene in this film that is exactly like that game you like, Hong Kong Massacre. Mm-hmm. And watching it was so cool. It was like maybe like three quarters of the way through the film. Uh, this isn't really a spoiler, I mean, it's just a fight scene, of which there is plenty more than that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And it goes to like a top-down perspective as he's like wiping out like... 80 faceless baddies uh, and it's just so cool how it's done and it, it's done so like it to the point where I'm like there's no way that the director isn't aware of Hong Kong Massacre like it's it's done there's bits of it that are like almost look like they're like trying to emulate like animations from the game mm. really really cool that uh, I, I was actually probably my favourite scene of the film like I enjoyed it I did really enjoy it I mean Castle sat and watched it both of us really liked it I, I don't know I don't think he necessarily the same opinion as me, but fuck me, was the film too long? Two hours and 49 minutes. Oof, yeah, anything over two hours is questionable for me these days. If it's like 210, 215, you're like, right, fine, but yeah. These days, it's just, it's the going rate these it days, is, and it's yeah. starting to do my not. And see, the thing is, like, at the end of it, I was, I was saying to him, I was, when we were watching it, I was like, there wasn't any scenes in this film that I would have cut, it was all really, really good. But every scene went It reminded me a little bit of the Batman in that way. Every scene just went on too long. Like, in the odd action film, you get one of those scenes where he'll take out, like, 20 people and you think it's over. And just when you think it's over, it's like, no, here's a couple more. Every single fight scene did that. Mm. Sometimes multiple times. And it just... It almost desensitised to you to it after a while. Like there was this sort of like uh, jujitsu move that he kept doing, and like the first time you saw it at the beginning, you're like, "Oh, that's quite cool how he's done that takedown there," and then shot the guy in the head, and they did it like maybe another fifteen times throughout the film, and you're like, "Right, it's it's not any, it's not cool anymore." <laughs> like, but um, but yeah, no, it was a good film. I'd recommend it. But I please, I, I know there's not any directors listen to this I know they don't give a fuck I know they just want their films to be longer and more grand and but it needs to stop it needs to fucking somewhere it needs to stop I blame Marvel for this they started this shite yeah. but yeah good film yeah we're hoping to see Spider-Man as well this coming weekend ah the new it's not what's it called don't Spider-Verse know. The animated sort I'm of I'm going to get abuse for not knowing the name of this. The first film was good. 
and the boy is mucho excited. Yeah. So. And then Little Mermaid as well for our daughter. Oh God, I. But I have to go at that as well. No, no yes. <laughs> Score. Is it meant to be good? I've I heard a lot of people talking about I it. I think um it, it's I think what was it Rotten Tomatoes I seen or maybe it was Metacritic. It's got a higher like user score than the original Little Mermaid like animated oh, really? movie. But then it's also I don't know there is quite a lot of criticism on various things. So I don't. I think mm-hmm. it is just mm-hmm. it's essentially the same story. And I suppose when you think about it, you know it's it's just a live action sort of remake, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm sure if she likes it, I'll have to endure it in the house. You can be part times. of that world, Craig. Is that an inside joke? Yes, it's right. a reference. I knew because you looked so happy with yourself <laughs> that you just slid that right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, speaking of films, before we move on. So, obviously, over the course, we watched quite a lot of U-Bowl films. Yes, good old U-Bowl. Yeah. That's not how you say it, though, is it's it? It's Oeuvre-Bowl. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> But I refuse to do that. Yeah. But back when we were watching these films, I don't know if we were aware of this. We might have been. It feels like something we might have spoke about, but then it also felt like new news to me. So mm-hmm. I just want to bring it here in case it is, because my memory sometimes is really good and other times is fucking rotten. But I've been listening to this podcast, right? It's a podcast called Behind the Bastards. Okay. And it's a guy who does like sort of usually one-offs, but sometimes three, four part series on like assholes, basically. So like Hitler's got one, like really bad people. So because he does it in really bad people, he's doing a five part series just now on Vince McMahon, right? And it's titled Vince McMahon, History's Greatest Monster, which is quite the title. Yes. And also deserved, because what a prick. But it was part one of that, and they were going through different stuff, and I don't know why, but you both came up. And one of the guys that was on the podcast was like, I, they were talking about it, and they were like, I, you both, I used to have to review his films. And he was like, and, um, at one point, he said the guy was like a fairly big guy. Like He worked out, um, and at one point, like because he didn't believe his films were shit, he would get really angry, especially at online reviewers, like people who were paid to like review his films. Mm-hmm. And he had put up like a thing basically saying, I want to fight anyone that gives my, my films bad reviews. Not just random people in the street, but like if you work for IGN and you gave his film a shit review, he's like, I want to fight you. And um, apparently on a couple of his films, there's DVD extras of him having like MMA fights with journalists that gave him shit reviews and he's like battering them. Okay. And so this guy was saying, the guy was like, look, I've done a bit of fight training, not an awful lot, but I'm quite a big guy as well. He says, so at one point uh, I got a phone call from Hugh Ball's agent and he was like, he wants to fight you. And he was like, and straight away I was like, fucking right. <laughs> I'll fight him in a heartbeat. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, like I said, it's in the first episode of this Vince McMahon one on Behind the Bastard. So. Uh, and he's like, I'll fight him, no bother. Where do you want me? Do you want me to fly in? And the guy, the, apparently the agent was like, shit, wait a minute, why is this guy so excited? And uh, he was like, I'll phone you back. And he came back about two days later and was like, um, the offer's off the table. He's like, why? 
I'll fight him. I'll fight him for nothing. Because he was offering money. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll fight him for nothing. It's no bother. Where do you want me? No, don't worry about it. He says, and then about six months later, he was at an event and Ubal was there and Ubal came up and spoke to him. And he was like, do you know who I am? And he's like, aye, I don't know who you are. He's like, you still don't want to fight me? No, I don't. He's like, aye. But apparently there's DVD extras of him just leathering journalists. Mm-hmm. What an odd man. Imagine taking it so seriously. Like, how can you not know that your films are shit? Uh, I mean, yeah. If he hears his podcast, our mm-hmm. podcast, he's going to want a shot. He must be a fair age now. I'll fly to America. Right. Or whatever. Now he's not even American, is he? No. Can't remember where he's from. I'm sure we'll find him. Okay. <laughs> um, I probably should note as well that now that the English Premier League has drawn to a close, we need to mention that the final FPL standings. So for those mm. of you that were involved in the Fantasy Premier League, you all need to bow to Richard he was ahead for quite a lot at the yeah, time, wasn't he? he has came on top. Big well done to you. 56-point lead in the end ahead of Sweeney. El Pepe crept back up to third. I was ahead of him at uh-huh. one point. You landed fourth, Craig. Oh, just outside the podium. I know. I couldn't see it. I'd been wondering where I finished because I don't know. Do you get this as well where every so often you go into the app and it's just fucking booted out and you have to re-log in? I think it's like every time it updates or something. It's, it's temperamental at times, yes. Aye, and I don't know my password, so I couldn't get in. Right, okay. Um, yeah, but I feel like had I not prompted you one week when it was a double game week fixture and told you, by the way, you should do this, you should do that, you should hit your triple captain this week, blah, blah, blah. Like, I gave you like 100 points that week by giving you some pointers and I, I sacrificed myself as a result. Also, somehow Chris picked me at the, at the post. He ended up fifth and I'm sixth. Oh, that's rough. So racing. see the thing is though, like I'm not trying to put my own horn here, but like <laughs> genuinely, every year if I just paid attention to this thing week in week out, and like people can say, oh you did, and you just pretended you didn't, you can check, see if you go into anyone's team, you can look at the history of when they made changes, mm-hmm. and you'll see that there was two and three months at a time that I didn't do anything. I finished that league and I didn't even use all three boosts. The bench boost, I never used it, ever. I kept getting logged out and I couldn't log back in. I literally, the whole, the whole, and see the thing is, see how some of them you can use in the first half and then use again in the second half. I literally, no, sorry, I did, I used the, no, I used the triple captain and I used the wild card once instead of twice and that's it, I think. I didn't, never use the bench boost and then I never used the... No, I, I used the one where you could change your team for a week, mm-hmm. but yeah. never used the bench boost. Yeah. Well, we will obviously be carrying it forwards to 2023-24. Absolutely. So anyone who hadn't joined this season can do so going forward. We'll send you the league code and all that once it's set up um, come August, September time. Definitely, aye. That's got to be, I mean, how many? Obviously not the pure dead gaming one, we, we altered it to be a pure dead gaming league, but in terms of that league, 12 years? Something like that, yeah. It's been more than 10 years now we've been doing it. But I'm more into it than I was before, so right. um, game on for next season. Okay. I've learned some lessons this season. Well, I'm wanting a fucking podium at least. Right, yeah, me too. That's shocking. I love you though. Alan, Alan beat me, drunk Alan, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yep. He's probably not been sober since. He won't even know he's finished third. I could just take that. <laughs> Fucking piss head. Oh dear. Yeah, okay, so moving on. A couple of write-ins this week from Ali, first of all, said, 
What the absolute shit is the deal with Alan Wake 2 being digital only? This is a worrying precedent to set. Yes, it is. It is indeed. Yeah, but but not strange. I mean, it's there's going to be more of this. Like, it's, it's going to happen. It's saving them a bit of it's money. It's a cost that, yeah. Yeah. It's unneeded you know, unless you're... They're probably not seeing... I mean, we've got a little bit on this later, actually, about, about physical sales and how they're dwindling, but... Yeah, it's... It's a shame. It's a shame for physical game collectors. Like, you're going to... What you're going to get is people making their own boxes and stuff mm. like that, but, I mean, what are you going to put in it? Mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's... Look, it's a shame. It is. But it's the way things are going, and these studios are at the point now where these games cost so much to make that if they don't think there's a return on the physical edition, then why would you do it? Because you're already taking enough of a gamble with the amount of money you're spending producing the game. Yeah. Um, and also, Daz wrote in and said, what are the team's thoughts on Final Fantasy sixteen exclusivity? The producer did an interview recently and basically said Sony made a better offer. Is that the long and short of it? I'll have to leave this one to you, Craig, because I don't know. Yeah, so I was dotting about doing a bunch of different interviews and one of the questions was, so obviously you're, you've went exclusive with PlayStation, like what was your thoughts behind that? And he said, I'm paraphrasing him here obviously, but he said, uh, the beginning of development, everything, every platform is on the table, but you listen to offers and then you go with what makes the most sense. Mm. And so obviously as there always is on the likes of Twitter especially, but just gaming media in general there's been lots of discourse about oh so sony's overpaid for them sony's paid more than microsoft were willing to pay that sort of thing and i just think too often people just don't i don't know if they're not smart enough or if they don't put enough thought into it but it's not a case of like this might at the start sound a bit fanboyism or fanboyish or something like that. Like, I love my Xbox, love my PlayStation, but if, say just for interest's sake, there was 50 million on the table, Xbox put 50 million on the table, PlayStation put 50 million on the table, they're going to take the PlayStation deal. Like, that's just the, that's just the way it's going to be for, like, the game sells more than PlayStation. So, if Xbox wanted exclusivity, they would have to pay for all... They would essentially probably have to try and pay to offset all those PlayStation sales. Which, if... It, like, say the game just came out on both platforms, it's probably going to sell in the 80% skewing towards PlayStation. So Xbox would need to overpay to get it. And even if they did, it still might not be in Square Enix's best interest to do it because... Final Fantasy is so synonymous with PlayStation that making a game like that exclusive to Xbox could hurt your brand long term mm. because so many Final Fantasy fans that are on PlayStation expect that game on PlayStation could be like, well, fuck you, I'm not playing the next instalment. So even if, I don't know, Final Fantasy, even if Square Enix turned around to Xbox and went, right, well, if you want exclusive on Xbox, we're expecting 10 million sales on PlayStation, so you would have to give us the equivalent of what that would cost. Yeah. That still might not be worth it, because what damage does it do when Final Fantasy 17 comes out and PlayStation gamers are like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Fucking forgot us last time. And you've also got to remember that Square Enix is a Japanese studio. Final Fantasy is big in Japan. The, the Japanese 
for the most part, cannot stand Xbox. Like, there's jokes about the Series X being like a doorstop. A lot of people in Japan would refuse to even use a Series X as a doorstop. They hate Xbox that much. It's just it's just inbuilt in them. And so you put that game in Xbox, it's not going to sell that many copies. It could do long-term damage. And Xbox aren't willing to overpay to that degree to get it. Plus, if you put it in Xbox, you probably have to put it in Game Pass. So again, Xbox would have to be like, they would have to pay through the nose, mm. the nose yeah. to get it. And it's not worth it for them. It's not worth it for Square Enix. That's just the way it is. It's a shame. It is. like, But it's the situation that... Xbox have put them in a situation, themselves in a situation to try and get... to narrow the gap. And that situation they've put themselves in is Game Pass. And there's pluses to it, but this is like a negative to mm. it as well. And... It's just the way it is. Like the the hope for Xbox fans is that it's a timed exclusive. It doesn't do a Final Fantasy Seven never come over. So maybe like a year from now, two years from now, you'll get it. But aye, until then you're fucked. So or that. you can buy a PlayStation. Or you could buy a PlayStation. But we're not telling you to do that because we are console agnostic. If you say so. Uh, biggest releases this week. Let's take a look at what is coming out. Hell of a week for gaming, to be honest. On the day of recording alone, reviews came out for both Street Fighter 6 and Diablo 4, with Street Fighter landing at a 92 on Open Critic and Diablo getting a 90. So good shouts if you've got those in your Fantasy Critic League. There cannot be... Now, granted, like, I think Street Fighter out, isn't out today. It's out on Friday. Diablo early access is Friday, main games next week. But there can't be many days where two games have reviewed like in the nineties. Mm. The reviews like have left the embargo is lifted on two separate games that have landed in the nineties. That's pretty good going. Pretty impressive. Yeah, so we also have Company of Heroes is the ultimate World War II console experience delivering an acclaimed blend of action, tactics and strategy. Is this up your street, Craig? It's not up my no. street, no. I'll <laughs> take other people's words for it that it's a solid 8 out of 10 and I'll move on. Yep, okay. System Shock remake also May 30th. It's the fully-fledged remake of the groundbreaking original from 1994 combining cult gameplay with all-new HD visuals updated controls and an overhauled interface yeah this is only on pc at the moment so it probably runs like shit um it is coming to consoles down the line but obviously trying to get a pc game to run properly these days is like trying to find a needle in a haystack so i think it's reviews are in i think that open credit scores like 74 or something like that. it's meant to be quite decent if you can get it to run Good luck. Mm-hmm. June 1st, you have Killer Frequency. So it's like a little puzzler where you save lives and run the switchboards all while listening to a jukebox of retro 80s tunes. I will have more to say on this later. Okay, thanks. Oh, stay tuned. That's coming to Xbox, PlayStation, PC and Switch. And as mentioned, Street Fighter 6 on June 2nd, so you can obviously play as all the legendary masters and fan favourites like Ryu, Luke, Jamie, Kimberly and more. And your path to becoming a world warrior can begin. Sounds like you're trying to start a world war, doesn't it? A world warrior. Capitalised as well. They're not fucking about. Yep. And lastly, Super Mega Baseball 4. 
is coming out June 2nd, so you can hit pitch throw and slide into home plate with the series signature combination of arcade-inspired style and immersive gameplay depth. I spoke about this when it was announced. So the game was only announced last month, and we talked about it in the podcast. Fucking excellent series. Not a baseball fan. Couldn't no. give a shit about the sport. The game's excellent, or the previous three games were excellent. Certainly two and three, I didn't play the first one. Um, but annoyingly, when I saw this was coming out this week, I was like, oh, the EA Sports trial. But I'm sure they had said at first there was going to be, you know, how like a lot of the EA Sports games, like you'll get a 10 hour free trial before it comes out. Not yeah. just EA Sports, EA games in general. Yeah. Not so with this one. Yeah. It's You can start playing it as of today, but it's only if you've pre ordered it. There's no free trial, unfortunately. Which I think, see, to be honest, Do you like. I think that'll be the precedent going forward, though. I don't know. Like. It's hard. No, I, th- I think they will stick with the 10 hour trial, but, like, I think it's a mistake not to do it with this one. Like, the games, the previous games have sold alright, but this is the type of thing where I think you need to get it in people's hands. It's really, really good. And I think offering a free trial of this, like. I think it would be a really good move. Like, I get maybe... I think EA are in a bit of a strange position. Like, I think the 10-hour trial's too much. We spoke about this when Need for Speed came mm, out. Like, yeah. I think offering a trial is a really good thing, especially if you're confident in the product. But, like, with Need for Speed, we were never going to end up buying that game. Mm. 10 hours was plenty. Yeah. You play the game for 10 hours and you bounce. And then you go to something else. There's too many games coming out. And so maybe you keep 10 hours for FIFA and Madden. But see, for the rest of them, I would five hours tops. I mean, that Disney Speedstorm was two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, that kind of did leave me wanting to play a bit uh-huh. more. Do but see, if that had I mean? been 10 hours, you'd have been done. Yeah, yeah. You want to give people a taste and then get them to buy it, not have them tailing off on it by the time the trial ends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, you're getting nothing with this one, obviously. But no, it's it's one to keep an eye out on. It's honestly, it's a really good series, and you don't need to enjoy baseball. It's just fun mechanics. It's like it's very arcadey, obviously, mm-hmm. caricature type art style and stuff. It's good. Okay, on to our deal of the week then. So I picked out a few. So obviously, off the back of the PlayStation Showcase last week, um, Assassin's Creed Mirage was mentioned. Um, pre-orders for that are now available. Uh, Shop Two had a pretty good deal. It's like thirty-eight pounds there for mm-hmm. the pre-order. Not um, bad. Which is physical like, as well. Mm-hmm, for the P- PS Five, I'm. Um, I'll leave a link. Um, we do have an affiliate membership. Thing with shop too so i'll leave a link for that one if you're interested there are homies um you can also get it on pc a little bit cheaper at 29.99 if you are a pc player that's over at cd keys unfortunately well. it won't work <laughs> we're also a cd keys affiliate so yeah so there was some sort of migration going on there was an email okay i was confused for... i was confused and i just left that alone thanks for communicating that with me no bother yeah <laughs> slash meeting yep um and also if you're an xbox user um there's an ea family bundle which will get you need for speed that we have just mentioned plants versus zombies garden warfare 2 and unravel all for three pounds 49 at the xbox store so three mm. games for three quid and a bit it's all right, it's all right. 
there's to be fair on the playstation store just now you've got days of play mm. and then xbox have some sort of summer event on as well and i think on each storefront there's at least 700 games on sale so chances are if there's a game you've had your eye on and it's been out for longer than six weeks <laughs> it's potentially got a decent sale yeah. so i would i would have a scout about it's almost payday as well so scout about pick up some games probably has paid you for the time this goes live that's true people. aye there you so. go if you haven't spunked all your money yet <laughs> get on the stores look out get some deals yeah okay so let's skip forward to summer game fest which is on the horizon so technically our next episode will be live before summer game fest but only by like a few hours so we thought we'd have a quick chat about what we expect to see at the event now yeah, makes sense because we'll do an Xbox preview next week. Summer yeah. Game Fest is, sorry Jeff, the smaller of the two events. I'm <laughs> um, sure he'll have a nice velvet suit. Well, that's out. what I was just going to start start it off with. I mean, predictions, what's he going to wear? Something fucking stupid. Yeah. He needs to realise that he's a guy in his 40s. Last year, was it not like a purple... Purple velvet. Purple sure velvet sure, yeah. and a pair of trainers yep. that no one over the age of 23 should be wearing. But somebody probably paid him to wear them, is the one. They did, but he looks like, and I'm sorry again, Jeff, for throwing (laughs) you under the bus here, but it looks like he's a paedophile out in the prowl. (laughs) No, I don't get those vibes. I don't know. I just get, like, And he's trying to... Wannabe, like... No, it's down with the kids' vibes. It's, It's you go into, I don't know an under-18s pool hall and he's sitting in the corner just trying to blend in. What are you going to wear to play Expo Glasgow? I mean, a mankini, probably. I mean, if that's not a reason to get your tickets, folks, I don't know what is. Exactly. No, I'll, I'll be repping Pure Dead Gaming merch, of obviously, course, of like course. every other cool person on the planet. Okay, of course, yep. Yeah, so Jeff, prediction, will be wearing something ridiculous, as always. That's a lock, by the way. <laughs> see anyone see anyone doing prediction shows, like if you don't have that as your first one, you're just giving points away. Mm. Um we know for sure that we're gonna see Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty. So they have Well Idris Elba be there. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think he will be live there. But a pre-recorded message, yeah, I'd I'd put the chances pretty high. Like when the when that uh, DLC was announced, what well, DLC is an expansion, same sort of thing. But mm-hmm. that might even have been at Summer Game Fest, and he did some sort of promo for it then. So I think I think he would absolutely do it. Yeah, I'm hoping we maybe get a release date. There was a there was some rumours like maybe like a month ago or something like that saying that it would perhaps come out in June. But I don't think so. I don't think it's the type of thing they're gonna shadow drop. I think when you especially like Keanu Reeves is supposed to be back for it, Idris Elba's in it, like when you've got that sort of star power, I don't think you're shadow dropping something. Nah. Nah. I think you're, you're right. I think you're gonna have a proper media cycle for it and I'm so excited for this. Like between this and Mirage, it's my two most anticipated games for the rest of the year. I think, like it just looks 
so fucking cool. And the fact that it's going to be a more bite-sized experience, like probably a 10, 15 hour thing, like I'm all in for this. Hopefully it works. Don't shit the bed like the original game. I think they've learned their lesson, has to be said. So You, you would like to think yeah. so. I think that's why they've kept it quite close to their, their vest up mm-hmm. until now. Double and triple checking that this thing works. But um, but yeah, very excited. I, th- I think we will get a release date. That's, I would go on a limb and say we'll get a release date, but I think it'll be November mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Which you can always delay. It, I mean, they could even just put like winter, you know. Yeah. Um, which doesn't lock them in. Could we see Death Stranding too? Kojima and Jeff are quite quite buddy, aren't they? Yeah, I would like... This isn't going to happen, but what I would like to see, mm-hmm. right? Because Kojima's quite into like, the kind of arty stuff. So a screen comes down. All of a sudden, you see silhouettes from each side. One looks like it's wearing stupid trainers. The other one's clearly wearing glasses, right? Has a bit of a bowl cut. How do you see that in a silhouette? Oh, you see it. Okay. And then they come together in the middle of the screen. A Dutch rudder ensues and everyone's like, they're going at it. Wait a minute, is that a sexual reference? Yeah. Okay. Look it up. Yeah. This is a clean (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And then they fade into the background and all of a sudden, Death Stranding 2 is there. And we and it, then we get a nice cinematic trailer, washes away the filth that we just saw, and then it says 2024. Right, I'm not sure about the stage presence, but a splash screen. You oh, know. It will need to be a splash screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, the thing, if there's not a splash... <laughs> If there's not a splash screen, then the audience might get hit. And nobody wants that. No. What if they're wearing decent trainers? No, like, are you fucking going up my trainers? Uh-huh. <laughs> like I broke you over there, Jess. You always have to lower the tone. I mean... Lower it, raise it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm adaptive. Mm-hmm. Any any more ludicrous predictions? Well, to bring it back to something that is maybe more likely. Uh-huh. So there's a leaker who is pretty formidable, Dusk Gollum. And he had... I saw this, the term recently, reliable leaker. Mm. And I'm like... But... It's just somebody that's got a decent track record. Like... I know, but like... I don't know. Ah, it does seem just... like a bit like an oxymoron, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so he had said, and I mean, today alone is given credence to his claims. He was in, I think it was in the, you know, that insider guy, the, I can't remember what he was, was his just name, was his name just the fucking insider or something? I can't remember his name now, but he was, remember the guy that was fucking leaking everything? He was leaking like the PlayStation showcase and it was like beat for beat oh, what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what his name is now, but, um, so he... It was on his Discord, and this Dusk Gollum guy said, there's a trio of Silent Hill trailers ready to go, and you'll see at least one of them before Summer Game Fest. And I remember reading this last night, and I thought, 
he's probably right because I've heard the guy's name before and he reliably usually is right. But I was like, but why would you see it before Summer Game Fest? It's a fucking Silent Hill game. Surely they would want it at Summer Game mm-hmm. Fest. For maximum promo. Yeah. But then, sure enough, today about two o'clock, Silent Hill Ascension just, their account has like 800 followers and they tweeted out a trailer for the game. And I'm like, why? It looked mm. good. So it's for Silent Hill Ascension. And it looks pretty good. I'm like, that would have improved the PlayStation Showcase. <laughs> that could surely have fit in to the Summer Game Fest. I'm sure Xbox would have been quite happy to show it. Why are you tweeting this out at was, 2 o'clock on a fucking Tuesday? Was Twitter the original source, though, or was it at nah, something it was else? The, it was, no, it was the official Silent Hill Ascension Twitter. Really bizarre stuff. So yeah, looking at it just now, the Twitter account now has 1,835 followers. Now, followers isn't everything, for fuck's sake, but I mean, do you not want your game to get the maximum exposure? I mean, granted, it's probably the smallest of the... Well, uh, you could... You could say Townfall. It's between the two, I suppose. Silent Hill 2 Remake certainly is the big one. Uh, I would expect to see that at Summer Game Fest. Like, the fact we didn't see it at the PlayStation Showcase, mm-hmm. I think that will show up. Like, I'm expecting, obviously, we'll come on to, like, the splash screen that Jeff Scott has almost every developer, or, sorry, publisher. Like, the, everyone's going to appear. PlayStation's on that list. I don't expect PlayStation, outside of maybe Death Stranding, to show anything massive, though. So, Silent Hill 2 is a console exclusive. So, Silent Hill 2 and Death Stranding, PlayStation's job's done. Mm-hmm. So, I think the two of them are maybe quite likely, but... um but yeah, I think we'll we'll get some some Silent Hill stuff. I suppose it makes sense maybe that like Keely's turned in when I don't want three fucking Silent Hill trailers. Yeah, like I punt one of them onto onto Twitter. But still, take it to PlayStation, take it to Xbox, take it to something. Something maybe, else. They maybe had, but for whatever reason, it was. Died. I don't know. Yeah, you or, don't know how all the kind of inner workings and background conversations. Um, yeah. Go, but yeah, yeah. You mentioned it there. Um, there, there is a a 2023 partners like image that's been released that sort of identifies all the partners that are, are going to be at Summer Game Fest. So, um, yeah, we have already mentioned a few. You'd be quicker mentioning the people that are new on it than yeah. are. I mean, it's, it's there's going to be a lot clearly there. Yeah, but then there's, there's I don't know, small stuff like Samsung Gaming Hub, you know, that I can't imagine that was going to get an awful lot of airtime, but they have like... I think they recently like launched their, their streaming sort of platform um, oh, right. and, and they've now partnered with the Amazon Luna. So okay. but it's so it's like if you've got a certain Samsung smart TV you can cloud Aye. game. So they're probably on the splash screen, but it's a it'll be essentially three or four of the games will also have the wee thing saying it's coming to this as well. Yeah, probably. Aye. I just don't understand who play like who that's for. The latency's not for me. Like, I mean, I know you can Bluetooth a controller to your TV and stuff like that, but still, you're gonna you're gonna run into problems. Yeah. If you're serious about gaming, then you need you need a console. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you, I mean, you could essentially have like some of these subscription services, but be playing yeah. it on your. T- I just don't. I'm just not got the capacity to understand who's doing that. No, it's giving people options. I suppose it's a gateway. Like, so you get someone in, they're like, "Oh, this is quite good." It'd be better if it ran properly. 
and then they maybe invest in yeah. something that's decent and actually I mean, works. it's probably on a decent 4K TV, which helps, but yeah. um, it's not just about that, is it? I just don't think internet speeds are there yet. No. No. Sega's mentioned. What were we going to see from them? Um, A collection or two. Maybe DLC for yeah. Frontiers. Sonic, yeah, so it's Sonic's birthday, Craig, on June 23rd. Oh my God, I haven't even bought my cake. I know, so... The 23rd of what, June? Yeah. Oh, there's still time, that's fine. Yeah, because the... What do the hedgehogs eat? <laughs> Leafs and shit. Huh? Don't know about blue ones, though. But yeah, they're... they're um, I think the the last, like, or the first, like, update for Sonic Frontiers came out, like, March 23rd, I want to say. So, like, this would be, like, June 23rd and then... Because they did mm. do like a roadmap or something, so I expect something. I've got to, to say, I like the symmetry of that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. into that. Um, they also, there was, I can't remember if we covered it or not, but there was like a survey that they did um, to like Sega fans or whatever. Asking only what they want. At, like, And it was like asking them about like retro games and th- like stuff like that. So that, and it kind of, Led to speculation that we might get like a new Crazy Taxi and oh. stuff like that. So, you know, they could announce some sort of reboot of something. Who knows? There's also the possibility that at Summer Game Fest the last couple of years, there has been like a slight movie tie in, I'm sure. Like, remember, was it not yeah. last year or the year before where The Rock was there? Or it wasn't there, but it was like a pre taped video and he fucking droned on for about 15 minutes about some Marvel film that he had coming out, but he just kept plugging, like, a drink or something like that, and everybody was raging with him. Like, maybe this has already been announced, I don't keep up with it, but we must be due more info on, like, a third Sonic film. Mm. I wonder if we could potentially have, like, a world premiere trailer of that or something. I don't know how far along it is, but those two films did well. We're definitely getting a third one. Yeah. I don't know, like I say, I'm not up on Sonic to know if that timeline fits, but just spitballing. Yeah. Disney also in the mix. Um, oh, are you going to get more Dreamlight Valley? Well, I hope so. Um, because they've still not really announced when it's... It's still in early access, but they, st- they did, like... There's, like, a roadmap, so there is, like, update five, which is early summer. Um, so we're getting another princess, I believe, and, like... Right. I think they might progress the story within it a little okay. bit more because I'm sure it says something like the, like it'll unveil the secret to the forgetting, which is you know, the story sort of of why you're there and all that. Right. Um. But yeah, like I don't know a bit more clarity on. That's the guts of a year. This yeah. thing's been in early access, so yeah. I, it's got to be time. I Even if they gave a date for the final release. Yeah. When it good. goes free, which is weird. Um. Activision. I mean, I would see honestly. I would actually be. I think Call of Duty is probably a lock. Yeah, I mean, it, they've they already confirmed that a new game is coming this year, but um, yeah, I think yeah, because quite... initially the talk was that they were going to skip twenty twenty three for the first time in god fifteen years or something like that. But now, obviously, they're not because they realised that would leave a gap for somebody else to enter the market. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I don't mean maybe even Xbox, but like. We're just about to buy you. You're not fucking stopping now. Um, but yeah, I would expect that that would be there. I mean, it's not going to show up at Xbox because PlayStation currently have the marketing deal 
And so, since it didn't show up at PlayStation, I would think... I mean, they could do their own thing, don't we? Don't call it. It's big enough, it can do whatever the fuck it wants. But it would not surprise me at all. I'd be surprised, actually, if we didn't see it. And it's... Is it supposed to be Modern Warfare 3? Three, I think, yeah. That's the leaks, what the leaks are suggesting. Yeah. So I'd love that. I mean, the Modern Warfare series always does well. They all always do well, but there's still... There's... there's certain variances in between and those have always been some of the top sellers so aye no, I think we'll see that hopefully it's not like a 15 minute thing although was it not Summer Game Fest last year when they showed the last Call of Duty and that and you were really taken with it and that's what made you end up it was that trailer that made yeah. you end up playing it at yeah, launch yeah. like we got a code through so that you could play it yeah and i think that was summer game fest so yeah i mean yeah i think we'll see it mm-hmm. there was news today as well that south korea have approved the um yeah the activision deal yeah I mean, this is so all that's just another this. one for the yes pile, but you know, it's all just fluff, though. I they know. need they need the UK. There was also, in fact, there was news again. I just, I, I'm finding it impossible to energize myself to keep up with it. But <laughs> there was news that, like, I think the appeals like July twenty fourth or twenty fourth. Yeah. That yeah. So we can continue to not give a fuck straight through that. <laughs> um. Yeah, we asked on Twitter as well um, what what you would like to see. Fluffers said Silk Song. Yeah, I agree that's been quiet, hasn't it? See, honestly... Is that still happening? I mean, I mean don't worry. <laughs> I like, from what I played off all the night, I enjoyed. I wouldn't... I would like to see Silk Song, but I mostly want to see it just for James. It's, it's breaking his wee heart, and it's... <laughs> It's just not fair anymore. Like, they've done my man dirty and they just keep trampling on his heart over and over and over again. What I would say is, I don't think you're going to see it because I think it's going to be at Xbox. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see it before the week's out. I think you'll see it on Sunday. But just just don't tighten the noose if you don't get it on Thursday because I think you'll see it Sunday. Yeah. Right. We'll we'll all we'll all pile up to your bit on Sunday, if if it's not appeared by that point. But I think it will have. Um, apologies if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Sci four said more gameplay of new slash unannounced games, less of a media face would suit me better. Though I'll not watch live and just check for YouTube game highlights later. Yeah, I don't think Jeff has that in his arsenal. No. He uh, loves a media fest. That's he what he's there for. Uh, it's, so. <laughs> uh, the media fest is why he's doing this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're obviously going to be watching this live because we're going to do a live reaction show straight after it. So we need to know the important announcements. But yeah, this cipher, what, what he's planning to do. Oh, is, come watch our stream. Uh, That's going to It's potentially the way to do it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he could get through this thing in 20 minutes. And it's supposedly, we never mentioned, but it was announced today it's going to last two, two hours. hours. And I think you'll be able to get through it in 20 minutes. But yeah, Cypher, if you're listening, why not just join us? We'll tell you everything that happened. And we'll also be playing the trailers in the background and we will give you the opinions that matter. Yes. 
Well said. Dark Prince is looking for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I don't think you'll see that. Mm. We did get word. I, I had it in the news at one point and took it out, but it's still in development. There was worries that it wasn't still in development. It is. We don't know who the studio is that's working on it now. It just says internal studio in the the earnings report that came out, but it's it's a ways off. I don't think... I, I think it could be two years before you even see a re-reveal of this. But you can hope. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about. Yep. Nate the Gamer said, if not the last of his news, then surely we get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth date. I think that's possible. That was one of my picks for the PlayStation event. Yeah, a lot of people had, had sort of predicted that. Yeah, because the, the sort of window we've been given is winter 2023 which we always have to point out that in Japan specifically, over here as well, but we would say, although winter technically is December to February, like over here that would be more synonymous with the end of the year, mm-hmm. whereas it's they take it more literally, apparently, so I'm told. Um, and so we are expecting it sort of early 2024, but still, like, it's probably time to see something, mm-hmm. unless PlayStation are going to do something else. More than that later. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Booker DeWitt said Armored Core 6. I think that's nailed on. The game comes out in, I want to say August. I think it's August. And it's a big game. It doesn't have a deal with any specific console to our knowledge, unless that's a big get for Xbox that we're going to find out about on the Sunday. So yeah, I would I would expect we'll see that. I think you'll get a, a decent bit of gameplay for it. Build the hype. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So um, it should be good. Yeah, hopefully. Forward to it. I feel like every summer game fest, people end up coming out of it quite negative, and it's because of what Cipher said. Like it's a media fest, and I think people come out of it being like, "Fucking hell, just show the games." And I think that will happen again. But I remember myself certainly being quite high on Game Fest last year. I thought it was a good event. And I, th- I hope we're going to get the same again. Mm. Hope so. Yes. It's nice that even if it does shit the bed, that we've got the Xbox event three days later. So something else to cling to. <laughs> and if Xbox shit the bed, then we've got... Ubisoft the next day to cling to. Mm-hmm. Although they've already shown Mirage, they've spunked their load. Okay, let's talk about the games that we're actually playing then, right now. Not ones that are coming, or that we hope that are coming, but what we're playing right now. Yes. You've got a, a, a bit of a list, because we haven't done a proper episode <laughs> in like a fortnight, so um, I have only played Zelda, obviously. So you I mean, I was gonna say you've slowed down a little bit on Zelda. I have, but yeah. Part of that was you were away, you abandoned me for a couple of days. Yeah, I did. So when I when it got to ten days, you know how the Nintendo thing to check your time played. So ten days in I had done forty hours, but I think I'm only at like forty eight now. So in like the last week or so I've only really played like eight hours um, but still obviously enjoying it still loads to explore and it's just it's what I love about it and what I hate about it at the same time like it it's you go to do one thing and then you get distracted by something else and then you're like oh but I need to go back and do that but then it, and it's just 
like this mind game of oh what shall I do because uh-huh. you're like oh I want to do that I want to do that and you just can get so lost and then I'm like right, okay I'll just quickly do this shrine before I finish up for the night and then but then I don't the shrine know. takes an hour well no then you see something else mm. on your way to the shrine or whatever it is and then yeah yeah but still enjoying it yeah I think in terms of the main quest I think I'm about halfway there but I don't want to I don't want to get to the end sooner than mm-hmm. so yeah just want to keep enjoying it, going at your own pace. Literally, on my horse. <laughs> right, well, yes, I have played quite a bit. Uh, I'll keep most of it brief, but one game I want to speak about a lot is a game that comes out on June 2nd, Killer Frequency. This game is cool as fuck. It's not a 10 out of 10. It's not going to get a 10 out of 10. My guess at the moment would probably be like an 8 ish i haven't quite finished it yet i hope to finish it by the time this podcast goes live it's a first person horror adventure that puts you in the shoes of forrest nash a late night radio host whose callers are being stalked by a mysterious killer so you've got to solve puzzles save lives run the switchboards all while playing 80s cool music and so the story starts off and you're in this radio studio and you're just a... I don't know exactly why yet. I guess expect this will tie into the story, but you were a big-time DJ somewhere else that got a lot of listeners, but you've had some sort of misfortune, and you're now in this small town. The radio station gets literally, like, 100 people listening, and you're disgusted by this, disgusted by how far you've fallen, and... So you have like a producer and you have some interactions with her, but you're essentially in front of this desk where you can play music, you can play ads, you can take calls. And so the first call that comes in is from a dispatcher from the police. And she tells you that the there's two police officers in the area. One's on holiday and the other one has been attacked by a mysterious killer called the Whistling Man. Mm-hmm. And so apparently the whistling man had terrorised this town about 20 years beforehand, but had been presumed dead ever since. So it's quite a kind of Michael Myers style story. Um, and so you're like, well, why are you phoning into the radio? You've, you've only arrived in this town a couple of days beforehand. You're like, well, why are you phoning me? Like, I'm a radio host. I don't know why you're telling me this guy's been attacked. And mm-hmm. she's like, well... I need to get out of here. I need to take. He's he's not dead, but he's clinging to life. I need to take him for help, but helps two hours away. So I have rerouted all nine one one calls to the radio station. And you're like, right, well, I'm not trained for that. And she's like, tough shit. And then she goes off the phone. And so in between playing records and having cool discussions with this producer, you will take calls. And it will be people phoning up going, oh God, I'm, I'm cornered. The whistling man is downstairs, for instance. He's going to attack me. How can I get out of this? And it's all puzzle related. How you have to talk them out. Um, And so an example that I'll use here is from quite early on. I don't know if they come in different orders, obviously, depending on how you play it. I, I, I'm playing through for the first time, so I don't know how different it is each time. But an example is you get a phone call and it's a woman, she's in her car. The whistling man's in the car park and he's searching each car, car by car, trying to find her. Now, you say to her, keen ignition, drive away. But she says, I forgot my keys. Oh, for God's sake. 
that old chestnut. Uh, and so you have to help her hotwire the car before um, before she gets caught. And so it does break the immersion a little bit because you then aren't on a time a timer. So the game has comedic elements, right? So even though this is a life or death situation, your character's cracking jokes, which I find really endearing, mm-hmm. right? But so in this situation, you'll turn and say, okay, well, we'll get back to you shortly. In the meantime, we'll play this classic 80s tune. And so you'll put a tune on and it's like fucking some, like I, I was choose, purposely choosing songs that were like, like Killer Queen and stuff like that or whatever. And then your producer will be like, mm, we do have a mechanic show that's on every Tuesday. See if you go down to the office, you might find something down there. And so you have to, it's a first person game, you have to walk down to the office and search through stuff and try and find details on how to hotwire a car. When you're ready and you can take as long as you want, so obviously a little bit of immersion breaking, but it's a fucking comedy mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's serious, but it has definite comedic elements. Yeah. Um, you go back to the switchboard and you're ready and then she'll be like right okay uh, i've taken the front off the dash i've got three cables here and if you have properly researched it you then talk her there's multiple choice and you have to talk her through if you do it right she'll live she'll get away if you do it wrong she'll get murdered live on air mm-hmm. you hear her dying lovely uh, i'm currently trying to do a run where i keep everyone alive so far i have managed that i think i've kept six or seven alive not sure how many left i've got yet but yeah, so each one's a different sort of puzzle element. There was one where a guy's like stuck in like a maze and you get a map for the maze. And so each time he'll be like, in front of me, I can see this. To my left is this. And so you have to pinpoint where he is in the maze and then tell him which way to go to get out before he gets killed. And so, yeah, it's it's really cool. I really like the art style. If you're, There's a lot of neon in it, but it also looks a bit like a telltale game. Like it's it's very stylish. It's it's really cool. Would it work quite well in VR? I get the impression. So apparently, it's supposed to be coming to Quest Two mm-hmm. in a month or two. There was no mention of PSVR two, which I found a bit strange. Surely you would want to bring it to that, especially if you've got a PlayStation version already, which yeah, is coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm playing on Xbox, but. Yeah, I think it would come to that at some point because it would certainly be at home in VR. Very, very cool. Um, like I say, I just, I'm just i a big fan of it. And interestingly, so there was a... Obviously, I'm playing pre-release. Uh, at the time I'm talking about just now, the embargo's still in place. But thankfully, that lifts an hour before this episode goes live. So I'm not breaking anything unless, you, unless you're a grass. But um, what at one point I had looked up to just to see if there was any sort of guides out because sometimes like these games like oh it's been out on PC for a year mm-hmm. but now it's coming to consoles because um, as I said I was trying to keep everybody alive and it, it didn't but apparently a demo came out in like 2019 on PC a sort of proof of concept demo and it was very interesting to like look at it because it was similar but it's obviously went under a, a total refresh like the, the voice of your character is different mm-hmm. And the studio you're in is much more detailed and better. And so watching these like YouTubers having played this like maybe half an hour sort of prologue type thing, like they were all loving it. But they were like it was just interesting scene. It was almost like watching like a pilot for a 
a sitcom or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you watch the actual sitcom and you're like, oh, right, okay, they, they've taken that on board and done this. So yeah, really cool game, really cool idea, big fan of it. Like I say, it's not a 10 out of 10, but it, to me, I mean, unless the story falls off a cliff, it's an easy 8 out of 10. And I think it's, it's a proper, good, interesting concept. Mm-hmm. As long as you're okay with long dialogue, which is voiced, long dialogue and puzzle solving, you're not going to be doing a lot. It's not like combat and it's not a lot of like traversal, nothing like that. So as long as you're, if you're in a telltale zone, mm-hmm. then you'll enjoy it, I would say. Cool. Um, I don't have much to say on this, but I did start Planet of Lana, which got a lot of buzz last week. It's... Which I think I'm going to pick up because it seems like my kind of game. Yeah, you need to play it. You will really, really enjoy it. So... Gameplay-wise, think inside Limbo, Little Nightmares, very, very similar. Like, clearly takes a lot of inspiration from that. But it's much more colourful and it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. It really, it looks amazing. Like, it's, so the team that made it is called Wishfully. That's the development studio. This is their first game. Oh, is it? Which, like, when I looked up, I was like, right, what has this team made before? Because this is must be a hell of a glow-up. Turns out it's just this is their first game, which is really impressive. Like, it's, it's scoring high. It's on Game Pass. So you've got no excuse to jump in. Like, the synopsis is a young girl and her loyal friend embark on a rescue mission through a colourful world full of cold machines and unfamiliar creatures. Planet of Lana is a cinematic puzzle adventure framed by an epic sci-fi saga that stretches across centuries and galaxies and yeah like i said i'm not far enough in to say too much about it i only played maybe the opening 20 minutes and with killer frequency coming in that's we've got to review mm-hmm. uh, that i had to take priority but very very cool uh, i spoke to a few people that have completed it as well it's maybe like a, one of these kind of four or five hour yeah. things it's perfect mm-hmm. uh, really really good definitely recommend playing more of that um i noticed that there was trophies and achievements went live for a game called fights in tight spaces and it rung a bell the game i was like i'm sure i've heard of this it came out on pc last year it's made by dev studio called Ground Shatter who also made Rico London which was okay it was kind of first person shooter it wasn't great not terrible though and so it's described as a roguelike deck building tactical game and it's got turn-based combat so you'd think I'd fucking hate this you'd run a mile yeah yeah but it's actually quite cool and it's made me think so there was to tie this back into John Wick there was a John Wick game come out last year year before called John Wick Hex and I think it's a similar type of idea where it's when it's your turn you have to like choose your moves ahead of time and then so you take turns each and you've got to like like I'm gonna attack this guy and then that'll leave me on that square which will stop that guy here from attacking me like that so it's a lot of kind of foresight and and that's what this is as well um except each time it's your turn, you get different, you get randomised cards. So a card might be like spinning back fist that does six damage, or you've also got like a movement card, which means you can take one step back and you have to like, 
sort of plan two, three moves ahead, because if you take a step back, then the enemy might have to use up their turn stepping towards you, and then you okay. can get out better cards and you can take them out. It's cool. It's not usually my type of thing, but I, I really like it, actually. I've, I've got it on PC. That's what I was playing it on earlier. Um, and I think it's the kind of thing where I would maybe try and get like 10 15 minutes at like work or something like that rather than i don't know that it's necessarily something that i would sit on a 4k screen and play for hours but on like a smaller screen or on the go ideal um really really fun game so i would would recommend taking a look at that Uh, and easy easy achievement news oh uh friend of mine Say a friend, he's been in touch with me a couple of times, but that's enough. That's enough for me. Uh, developer Alexei Netrebenko got in touch earlier in the week to give us a code for Zombie Derby 2. So he'd also sent a code through a few months back for the first game, which was Zombie Derby Pixel Survival. We talked about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Again, the two games are pretty similar. So you start off and you've got a truck and you're trying to mow down zombies and get far enough, but you've not got a lot of gas, you've not got a lot of nitro, you've only got 10 bullets. And so each time you do a run, you collect upgrade points, you can then upgrade your vehicle and you can get further. It's not a difficult game. It's not a particularly in-depth game but it, there's something very Moorish about it so in like his press release that he sent me when he sent us through the code he had in it that it's like it's quite addictive and it is like don't be wrong you are going to bounce after you get the thousand g which is only going to take you maybe 15 minutes or something like that but there is like each run you're getting that little bit further you're getting a little bit better and it, it does have like a, a a bit of Moorishness about it mm. so it launches on June 1st, it's $4.99. I'm not sure in terms of pounds, probably three ninety nine, But on launch date, it's going to have a 10% discount as well. So if you want to start June off with 1,000G or 2,000 because it has a stack on Windows as well. Mm, bonus. If you want to come for the crown, my crown, my Xbox Gamer Score crown, which I fucking need to give a... I, I was going to say, we're recording this on the 30th of May. How, I mean, how's it looking? Probably well, because I've great. been bogged down with killer frequency, not great, but I'll make a late surge. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you want if you want to try and take the crown in June and get some of those Gs, then this is a good way to do it. So I'd recommend that. Cheap game, lots of Gs. And other than that, I've played... I, complete, I finished Dead Island 2. Mm, finally. Yep. My God. Great game, frustrating sometimes. It can be difficult. And it didn't help that I had chosen, as I said last time, the character with the least amount of health, and your health is not upgradable. So there were certain zombies that could just slap me and I would die instantly. And so that made it a little bit difficult, but a great game. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back for the Platinum. I forgot that there was, like, two of the trophies involved are co-op, you have to do like five co-op missions and stuff like that. Not about that. And I don't know anyone that's playing it just now, so I'm going to wait until someone else I know is playing it. I'll dive on, get them, and then I'll finish off the the Platinum. But um, an excellent game. I would definitely recommend it. And lastly, I went back to Assassin's Creed Unity. So after 
the wonders that is Mirage. I was like, I need an old school Assassin's Creed fix. Dived into Unity on Xbox. It's got a 60 FPS. Great game. Great game. I've ploughed maybe another five hours into it. I want to try and complete it on 100% on Xbox. And yeah, it's it's such a gem of a game. Like I put up a tweet with like a 30 second video of it or something like that and it sort of blew up. And it just shows that like, I don't know, that game was fucking shat on from a great height. That game was shat on from the Eiffel Tower at launch. And it shows that now there is some love for what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost a game ahead of its time. And so hopefully Mirage can be the that coming to fruition. But yeah, good game. Okay. Is that you? That's me. Okay. That's me. Thanks. I didn't play all the games, just most of them. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's hit up this week's news then. News, news. I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news. So following on from what many have labelled a disappointing PlayStation Showcase, rumours have been flying around left and right, of course, uh, from talk that Sony was buying CD Projekt Red to talk that Bend were making Days Gone 2 after all, um, but both of these, I think, were debunked by their re- respective PRs. Um, the rumour that doesn't seem to want to go away, though, is that PlayStation plans to hold a second showcase later in the year. The sources on this are Kotaku, who should be taken with a pinch of salt, to be honest, but also Colin, Colin Moriarty, who is a bit more reliable, and also well distanced himself from actually saying that he had heard a second show was coming. Tom Henderson did say that he'd seen trailers that weren't at the show. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that we're we're going to see something else this year? I think there's a decent chance now. Like, it is strange that, I don't know, Tom Henderson had seen trailers that he claims were meant to be this show that all of a sudden just weren't. Like, that's a bit odd. We do have other things coming, though. That that's true. That that's true. Kids, you know, answer that one. He sort of suggested it was pretty good stuff, though. Mm. And it would be a very un-Sony move to go, here's a subpar showcase and let's leave our best stuff for Summer Game Fest. That seems a bit strange. Yeah. Like, But I don't know. It, it would make sense. Like, I, I, multiple podcasts in the last week, I have said that this was a good showcase if there's a part two coming. And so if there genuinely is a part two coming, then fair enough. They should maybe have vocalised that yeah. and then there would have been less of a, a sort of furor about it. But, I mean, I, I genuinely think that even if Sony came out of Wednesday's event going, right, that's us till next year, after the sort of hyperbole around it, it would not surprise me for them to turn and go, mm, let's let's fucking do something else later in the year. We, we don't want this to be the taste in people's mouth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think it's out of the question. And do you think it will be a showcase, which tends to be the sort of bigger things, or do you think we'll get more, more state of plays? We're like... definitely going to get state of plays. Like, there'll be a Spider-Man state of play mm-hmm. where they'll announce the date and stuff like that. But I, I get them, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if you told me 
last week, I would if you had asked me sorry last week, I would have said you won't see anything from them showcase wise until this time next year. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't know. There's a lot of smoke without fire. Like I, I think it maybe has been a, maybe a bit of a wake up call to them. Like like we said, it wasn't a bad showcase. It was just. It's not even just people went in with unrealistic expectations, which they did. They absolutely did. And I tried to warn people about it, but I think it was, while it was a good showcase, even the people that went in with their expectations in check, I think were a little bit like, uh. And so if Sony do have other things up their sleeve where they're like, Right, well, do we want this to be the narrative for a year? Or mm. we do have this stuff sitting over here. Yeah. And I think, as well, the landscape of, I don't know, like, announcements of these kind of things has changed. Obviously, E3 is now gone. Um, and because of COVID, we'd, we've had these kind of smaller, you know, showcases, directs, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, you know, it's not like... Oh, because it wasn't shown at this time of year now that that is it. They can do whatever the hell they want in terms of marketing and showcasing things. So mm. um And here's one for you. So they haven't this hasn't been around for about four or five years now, but PlayStation did do PSX event. That's right, yeah. At the end of the year. And that's just been shelved. They could bring that back. Mm-hmm. It was like a celebration of PlayStation. You got big announcements. It was like an event. It was almost like a second E3 for them. Mm-hmm. People have wanted that back for the longest time. See, instead of doing a show, another showcase in September, October, why not hold it to November and do a PSX event? Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to change the narrative, do that. Folk yeah. would go fucking nuts for that. And then roll out whatever... Santa Monica are working on show as a splash screen for Ghost of Tsushima to... Yeah, when, once they've had six more months to work on it and they can give a bit more clarity on, you yeah. know, the, the state of it or whatever, yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Plus, you've also got, like, I mean, maybe Sony are sitting there just now going, right, okay, folk aren't happy just now in general, but... <laughs> With life, you know. Aye. But, like, do you know what I mean? I think PlayStation are they're smart enough to realise that Although the reception has been really negative, it still is the negative minority, the vocal minority, sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. most people were like, that was all right. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. There's something there for Aye. me. I'm excited about Mirage. Mm-hmm. And so they potentially have the ability to sit and go, let's see what Xbox have got. If Xbox don't particularly deliver then all of a sudden without with sony without doing fucking anything all of a sudden look better in hindsight mm. whereas if xbox turn around and fucking pistol fills out there shooting bangers left and right we've got this we've got that i'm fucking game pass is now free here's the xbox <laughs> series btfs <laughs> like if that happens then maybe sony go right PSX. Mm-hmm. They're good. Like, people that think these companies don't react to each other are kidding themselves on. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, I, personally, I say bring back PSX, and I think most PlayStation fans would. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard that mentioned in the last week or two, but 
I would I would do that. If you're gonna do a showcase later in the year, well you may as well make it a PSX and fucking get the hype train going. Mm-hmm. If you've got something good to show. Don't do a PSX and then show fucking that, I don't yeah. know. It's nothing again. Yeah, that is true. Okay, next up, Alone in the Dark has been dated for October 25th and in this new adventure, players can choose between two protagonists, Emily Hartwood and Edward Carnby, to bring these two iconic characters life, the, to life. Sorry, The developers partnered up with famous actors Jodie Comer from Killing Eve and Free Guy, you might know her from, and David Harbour from Stranger Things and Black Widow, who will lend their voices, their appearance and their formidable acting skills. So depending on who you play, you'll get different story take on the, um, different take on the same story. And there is a short prolo- prologue also went live on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series and Steam last week, which puts you in the tiny shoes of Grace Saunders, an 11-year-old girl delivering a letter when things go horribly wrong. So I lied. I did have more stuff that I played. I played this oh, as right. well. <laughs> but it's short as yeah, fuck. Yeah, like yeah. even, I don't know, a prologue by definition usually is pretty short. But even by the standards, I was like, oh, is that it? Mm. It's, you could finish it in seven or eight minutes. Like oh, it, wow. It's, okay. it's short. Okay. But it was quite cool. So you play this like sort of young girl and you're just kind of walking about this house there's a few creaks a few weird things going on uh the i'm not massively up on alone in the dark so i don't know if this is if she's a returning character if the one thing i found strange was that at a certain point during the the prologue things start to go weird in the house and this 11 year old gives no fucks okay she seems borderline unfazed like literally there is half the house like just being removed and it's like an alternate universe and she's like oh here we go again like and i'm like is this is this your normal life where are your parents what's going on a guy gave you a letter who is he is he a family member do you need us to call an adult but it was cool um it made me quite interested to be honest the thing that made me the most interested was right at the end they showed Jodie Comer and David Harbour in their digital form. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little bit of a blowback on Twitter where people have been like, oh, for fuck's sake, fucking here we go again using fucking famous actors and why can't they just make a, a why can't they just make an original character model? And I was like, this makes me way more likely to play this game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about David Harbour. I've not really watched a lot of his stuff, but Jodie Comer is a phenomenal actress. She's brilliant. And she'll be brilliant in this as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I never knew until you read that out there that you get to play as either. I thought it would just be like a sort of story where you're like, I don't know, sometimes you're controlling one, sometimes you're controlling another or whatever. Like, that's cool that you can play as either. Like, I'm definitely playing as Jodie Comer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's fucking phenomenal. That Killer Eve show, we haven't finished it yet, but like, she's brilliant. The voices, that like, everything about her. I just think, mm-hmm. I think she's absolutely excellent. And, and the fact that she's in it, I really like David Harbour as well. Like, I'm way... Like, if they weren't in it, even that prologue that was cool, I'd be like, maybe at some point when it's in sale, with those two in it, I'm probably playing at launch. Mm-hmm. Looks really cool. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, for anyone who, I don't know, is of that opinion, why are they in it, then that's, you know, it's a selling point for some people. I think so, so yeah. yeah. And it shouldn't be a negative. It should either be a positive or, oh, well. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I get that maybe you're looking at it going, oh, that guy's from Stranger Things, but 
you must watch different films. Actors show up in different yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, our next story comes via Insider Gaming. So The Lord of the Rings Gollum was released on May 25th and quickly plummeted to become regarded as the worst game of 2023 so far. From widespread miserable reviews to an overwhelmingly negative commercial reception, the action-adventure stealth game was shot down even before it had hit the shelves around the world. But enough about Couchy's misery... Gollum may not have been so precious, but it seems like Dedalic isn't willing to surrender the potential of Middle-earth just yet. In a report published by Games Workcraft, it was revealed that Gollum was the first of several games based on the Lord of the Rings licence being developed at the studio. So... Poor Couchy, he's reviewing this for us and he's been through a fucking time of it. Not only only is he playing the game, but he's playing it on PC. (laughs) None runs on PC. <laughs> Some of the screenshots that have been going about, like granted, the wee Gollum guys, he's no bra. Well, yeah, right? one one review um, I said, the Lord of the Rings Gollum, like the titular character, is ugly, malformed and infested with bugs. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, it's he's obviously an ugly wee guy. And so you expect him to look like an ugly wee guy, but when you see some of the screenshots, you're like, but that's not what they were going for. That's mm. a low-res ugly wee guy. <laughs> Do you know? It just yeah. looks fucking shocking. Um, yeah. I, interestingly, though, so they obviously, just after the game released, they put out a statement, apologize, deeply apologising mm-hmm. for yeah. the state of the game. Now, I've got some sympathy for the developers, like, there's every chance that they were like, look, this game isn't in a great state. And the publisher was like, I don't fucking care. The game's been delayed for, like, two years. It has to come out. It doesn't seem like polishing would have done anything. It would have made it look a bit better. But I think it was DOA to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's something so... Even if it isn't necessarily their fault, there's something so insincere about putting out a deep apology 24 hours after you've just sold a game that's a heap of shit mm-hmm. to a bunch of people. Like, fuck's sake. Because it, although that is the narrative, worst game of 2023, shambles, it debuted at number six in the UK physical game charts. Although, while that sounds good and it's not too shabby, it was interesting that, like, I've said this before, but... I think one of the, the times was when uh, The Last of Us Part 1 appeared back in the in the charts mm-hmm. after the show came out. I was like, well, what do those numbers mean? What's it came from and what is it at now? And interestingly, so although it did debut at number six in the charts, Christopher Dring from GamesIndustry.biz, he tweeted out and said, look, it did land at number six in the charts, but it, quote, didn't really sell anything at all. It just somehow had a better physical launch than Lego 2K Drive. So he's got much more insight than what we see, which is just the numbering. Yeah. But he's saying that landed at number six, but it barely sold anything. Mm -hmm. It shows you the sort of where physical game sales are at just now. And so that's what I mean when, like, I don't know, like, see how sometimes we're like, how the fuck is GTA 5? number eight because it doesn't need to sell 
that many to, many to reach that. at all yeah. to get to number eight. All this is is the UK physical media sales for the week, mm-hmm. which is not a lot. It's mm-hmm. not a wide... Like, digital sales are the vast, 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 vast majority yeah. of sales. And this is only looking at the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you listen to Jez Corden, you can't even buy physical games in the UK. That Muppet doesn't know that Asda exists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah... It's it's a, in a way like although Chris Dring is saying that it didn't sell much at all, it's still almost disheartening to see it at number six when it's such a pile of shit. Mm, I know. I mean, obviously, people have paid money for it. You know, I've pulled another couple of reviews just um, that I thought that amused me. Um, Josh Sinclair, who's so a user review, said this is genuinely the worst game I've ever played. Not even an exaggeration. I'm baffled that something like this can exist in our universe. How <laughs> did they even think this was okay to put out? Um, and Metro Game Central, um, they gave it a, a 10. They said, broken beyond belief, but also fundamentally bad idea for a video game. Um, with shallow and repetitive gameplay, Gollum is not only the worst mainstream game of the year, but of the last two generations. Holy shit. Yeah. That is a fucking claim, by the way. Yeah, well, do you want me to tell you? So, um, Have they played Spectre Woods? So, 36 on Metacritic is what it's got. Do you want me to tell you some other games that also have 36 on Metacritic? I would love you to tell yeah. me. Pimp My Ride. Xbox 360, that came out in 2006. There was, Aye, that, that a, there was, was a Pimp My Ride game. That was particularly bad. Yeah. Godzilla Unleashed for PS2 in 2007. I mean, anything Godzilla related would yeah. be pish. Don't know how you feel about this one. The Simpsons Skateboarding on PS2. That was pretty bad. Was it? it was pretty bad. I, I seem to remember getting some enjoyment out of it because I'll take anything Simpsons related, but I, I was kidding myself on. Yeah, Coffin Dodgers. Oh, come on. That's got a 36, sorry. I mean, it was an easy two-hour platinum, so I gave it a lot of, I gave it a lot of leeway for that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was only about £8. It's a wee kart racer. Like, it was shite. Yeah. It was shite. But I, I think that's... I bet it's better than Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that you went back to recently, MTV Celebrity Deathmatch. That's oh, also... 36? Oh, that that's got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, don't get me wrong, it was fun to go back because Celebrity Deathmatch, like, it's just, it was such a cultural, it's like a, it was a, it's like a, it's almost like a... Time capsule. Yeah, <laughs> a time capsule of a certain era, mm. so it was cool to go back to, but not a good game. Mm. But again, I bet it's better than Gollum. Shambles, man. Well, yeah, they fucked that. They've absolutely fucked it. I can't believe. Imagine having the fucking brass balls to come out and go. I'm. We've got more than the words. <laughs> like who? What PR guy's not been like? Look, lads, just fucking, just calm down, right? Just give it a buy for a month. We'll rename the studio, and then you can say you've got another game coming out because mm-hmm. this is this is a shambles over here. Yeah. No, my god. Yep. Um, Speaking of shambles. Yeah, I was just yeah, I was just going to say, Last of Us Factions, the working title for Naughty Dog's upcoming standalone multiplayer and presumably live service title, appears to be in a bit of trouble. So according to some of the rumours, Bungie were brought in to assess the long-term viability of the game and the verdict was not a good one. And in even more news, according to reliable leaker Jason Schreier, 
after a recent evaluation, which we know also resulted in the closure of Pixel Opus and the likely cancellation of Deviation Games' first title, only a small group remains on the project while the company re-evaluates the direction. It's said that the bulk of the team has now been removed onto the studio's next single-player game. Thoughts on this? Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's There's something a wee bit... Again, this maybe sounds like not fanboyish, but it maybe sounds like, and I do support, I do lean more towards PlayStation and Xbox. Although, like, I do love my Xbox as well. But like, there's something a little bit sad about this happening to Naughty Dog. Like, it's not don't get me wrong, it's not like a big disaster or anything like that by any means. It's not like I don't know, it's not like Naughty Dog have put a fucking six out of ten or something like that. But I don't know, it's just like. You think of Naughty Dog, they've had problems behind the scenes, like apparently Uncharted 4 had a troubled development. There's a lot of talk that, like, remember, I think it was Neil Druckmann did an interview, and he was like, see, if we released The Last of Us six months earlier, that game was like a 7 or 8 out of 10, but mm-hmm. that extra six months just fucking made that game. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't know, there's just, like, see hearing a story when people are like, yeah, Naughty Dog, we're, we're making something here and another studio had to come in and be like this isn't good enough there's something a wee bit I don't know kind of like oh like I just like I almost want Naughty Dog to have been like fuck up who are you talking to <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean they're like, yeah. like you're the industry leaders like it's just I don't know but I mean they wear out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. with this and but you, what would you rather? Would you rather... I'd rather they fucked off. Exactly. Like, you know, we've, multiplayer's not really your scene. I, not, I really liked Factions yeah. in the first Last of Us. It was really good, but I just wanted them to include it in Last of Us 2 and fucking move on. Yeah, you'd four much years. rather a, a new single player. Aha, uh-huh. four fucking years. This has been development. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, we'd sort of got a little bit of word before this news broke that, like, there's trouble... But one, I don't break news like that. Two, don't know if it's true or not. Like, you would be surprised how chatty sometimes PR companies are and not necessarily about their own games. Mm. But, like, sometimes that stuff does end up... Like, sometimes someone will tell me something and then, like, a week later it will sort of nestle to the surface. Mm. Other times it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you're like, was that true or was that not... Like, I don't know. So I just, I'm not in the business of like, oh, here's a scoop or something like that, even if I had them, which I don't often know that I would. Mm. But we we did hear that, that there was problems with this before this news broke. And it, it doesn't sound great. Like, the fact that they've scaled the team back to like pretty much a skeleton crew, it seems like what we might end up getting is more akin to what factions was in the last of us part one mm. it might just be maps from last of us part two and it's an online possibly playstation plus or free to play game rather than a full live service thing like yeah. if they were planning on this still being like a full live service initiative i don't think they could take it back to her. i mean they, they haven't used the word skeleton crew that's my wording yeah, but yeah. essentially everybody's moved on to this this single player game mm-hmm. But it's just hard not to look at it and go, 
how much quicker could we have got whatever this next single player game is if they hadn't fucked about with this for the longest time? That's true, yeah. And granted, it could have paid off. Maybe their resources in a kind of effective way. Yeah, it could have paid off. But at the same point, when you are... Like, a lot of people look at, like, say, Guerrilla, and they go, well, Guerrilla used to make Killzone, and then they were allowed to try something different, then they made Horizon. Horizon's way better than Killzone. I don't think... You'd be a fucking idiot if you disputed that because Horizon's fucking brilliant and Killzone is mid. But Horizon, like Killzone were not, sorry, Guerrilla were not the fucking best at making first-person shooters and then moved on to making Horizon. They were decent at it. And so, fine, let them make something else and they made something better. Like, Naughty Dog are in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, the industry leaders at making third-person story-driven games. Don't fuck with that. Just... I'm not saying don't allow them to do what they creatively want to do, but you'll not convince me that this was their passion. This is what they definitely wanted. I don't think so. I think think they want to make story games. I think they want to make single-player games. And I think that there's just a drive just now to try and get a live service game. Mm. But yeah, hopefully we find it more soon. Um, Yeah, we also have Ubisoft's Star Wars game from the studio that made The Division is potentially going to release as soon as 2024, a new report suggests. So according to an unnamed source speaking to Kotaku, the Star Wars title is the unspecified large game that Ubisoft recently disclosed would be releasing during the company's current fiscal year that ends on March 31st, 2024. So according to Kotaku, Ubisoft's Star Wars game will feature some form of interplanetary space travel and hopes are high that it could become Ubisoft's first non-Assassin's Creed hit game in a while. The same sources said a release during the current fiscal year is probably too ambitious and that that it will actually launch in the following fiscal year from April 1st, 2024 to March 31st, 2025. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty safe to predict a delay Mm -hmm. because everything gets fucking delayed. And when Ubisoft are talking about their financials, it's in their best interest to be like, no, we've actually got seven games coming out in this fiscal year. Yeah. And then later on be like, actually, it's four. Yeah. And we've delayed the other three. Yeah. Um, based on the small amount we've heard about this game, I don't think it is. But on what planet, obviously some Star Wars planet, is this not a Mandalorian game? Mm, like I just don't I don't fucking get it like Mandalorian is definitely the best thing to come out of Star Wars in years since I don't particularly like Star Wars I would argue ever because I actually enjoyed the Mandalorian but it's huge it is fucking huge Baby Yoda sells. He is coin. So if yeah. you're not incorporating that in some way, then you're There's, missing out n- on that. I think, don't be wrong, I think you could get them as a skin in Fortnite or something like that, but like, it just makes so much sense. If you're doing like an open world game or something like that, like have him running about doing bounties. Like, 
Maybe but, it's coming, we don't know. But I don't think this is going to be, because this has been a team that made a division, so you're probably going to be, it's going to be like a create a character thing. And if you were a Mandalorian, like, yeah, you could create a character, but they've got a fucking, that helmet he wears and that is a suit, so they'd all essentially look the same. Do you think they would mock up Pedro and then I could be Pedro? Possibly. I mean, you could get a bit of Pedro. Like, I just, it makes too much sense. Like, the Mandalorian is fucking huge. If someone came to me and was like, ah, right, um, you need to make a Star Wars game, I'd be like, Mandalorian. We're making a Mandalorian game. I just, why would you not do that? And, like, I understand why it hasn't came yet, because The Mandalorian only started, what, like, four years ago or something like that? These games take a fucking long yeah, time yeah. to make. But by now, you know how big it is. Go and do it. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. I've got a friend, Lee, doesn't game very much. He messages me on a bi-monthly basis. When I mean, we talk a lot, but he messages me on a bi-monthly basis, been like, have they announced The Mandalorian game yet? Because he will fucking come back to gaming. <laughs> right? The guy hasn't fucking gamed since Tomb Raider 2 and he will come back to gaming if they really if they release a Mandalorian game. And I'm sure there'll be more pop figures for him to collect. Exactly. So. He would pop them off. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The current Xbox Game Pass lineup for June has been detailed and is as follows Car Mechanic Simulator 2021, Slayer's X, Terminal Aftermath, Vengeance of the Slayer. The Big Con, Amnesia, The Bunker, Rune Factory 4 Special, Stacking, and Dardanuga. What a honking lineup that is, by the way. That is it's really not great, bad. But it's shite. I'm busy. I've got a few other things in the pipeline, so I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. No, like, you're at the point. We're going to get the PlayStation Plus announcement soon as well, and it's getting to that point where you are like, Please don't have anything good on it, because I, I just can't. I'm at my fucking capacity here. And it's that sort of way just now with Xbox. That Amnesia the Bunker, though, to be fair to it, looks good. I've not played any of the previous Amnesia games. They score highly. Mm-hmm. I saw a gameplay demo of this one. It looks really good. I do want to check that out. So if you're into horror, there is something there for you. But it is worth keeping in mind, these are the Game Pass games for the first so it's first June 1st of, yeah. to 13th. We've got an Xbox event on the 11th. Mm-hmm. Chances are they could announce something pretty cool for the second half of the month. Like, it, it's suspiciously shite, mm. this lineup. I think, it's, yeah, I think of all the months they can probably get away with it. Aye. Yeah. It's almost like we've potentially got something that we're going to shadow drop or it's coming very soon. So let's just fucking wheel out any old garbage. Like, this is almost like a Games with Gold situation minus amnesia the bunker so stay tuned yep following a new trailer today mega cat studios announced that wrestlequest will finally launch on august 8th this year nearly a year after its original window and the game's coming to playstation xbox switch steam and netflix you'll be looking forward to this one i take it big time Mm -hmm. not many podcasts are going to mention this game it's an indie studio indie game wrestling turn-based game but I'm going to keep banging the drum. I played the demo last year. It was fucking awesome. It looks really cool. There's so many legend wrestlers in it. Like, if you like wrestling, if you can tolerate turn-based, that's about, that's about all you need. It, it looks cool as fuck. August 8th, bring it on. It was originally supposed to come out about a year ago, so it's been quite a delay, but I'm ready. My body is ready. 
we've had to put up with only WWE 2K games, which are good for a long time. But now we're getting this and we're getting AEW Fight Forever. Let's fucking go. WWF Attitude turns 24 this week. Was that one of your favourites? So, it's not a good game. Oh. But, yes, I have fun memories, right? So, I remember I used to, I would have been, what, what does it turn? 24, 1999. Yeah, so I was 13 at the time. And I used to have to go down to the bottom of my street to get the bus to school. And so on this particular day, now back then, I think even though the internet would have been a thing, I used to go into like game or it might have still went electronic boutique and be like, when's the, when's the new wrestling game coming out? <laughs> and half the time the guy would be like, I don't fucking know. But then sometimes they would actually know and they would tell you. And so I knew it was coming out. And so it must have launched on a Friday. My mum used to work from home a lot, but she would work in the office on a Tuesday and a Friday. And so, instead of getting the bus where I was supposed to, I crossed, the, well, I hid round the corner because I knew the bus driver would grass me in if I didn't get on the school bus. He fucked off. I crossed the road, get the bus into the town, bought the game. I think I'd saved up money or something like that. I can't remember. And then I knew by the time I got back, my mum would be away. <laughs> and so I got the back. So you skipped school? Got back about half nine, quarter to ten, and I played that fucking thing all day. I was so excited. It was. It did not handle well. It didn't look particularly great. The entrances rubbed me the wrong way. But for the time, yeah, I played the shit out of that game. That, oh, man. Okay, good to know. Um, lastly for this week's news Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart comes to PC from July 26 as Nexus Software collaborates with Insomniac Games to bring the interdimensional adventure to an ultra wide screen monitors everywhere great game mm -hmm. will it work on PC <laughs> you've had a right bashing with PC this week look when they start bringing out games that work We'll talk. Mm -hmm. But this was one of these ones that it was like, cannot work unless it's got the power of the SSD and the PlayStation. So Nexus are good. So they've got a chance. But the bat nods in 2023 are not fucking favourable. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it's good though. Great game. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Um, and yeah, with all the PlayStation Showcase festivities, we didn't have a film for this week, but next week we will be watching The Black Demon. It's not a porno. 2023 release, this one. And Craig loves sharks, so it is... This was recommended by Chris on Discord, so when you all watch it and it's utter pish, you'll know who to throw abuse at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, and it's definitely not me for my love for sharks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and as I mentioned I will drop a little note of what's coming up because it is a busier schedule than our normally week weekly episodes so if you would like to join us for, for more content then please do so um, yeah obviously there's going to be quite a few live shows in the next couple of weeks just with the, the nature of doing recaps for the showcases but I think the plan 
tentatively going forward will be to do the monthly recaps live each month. It sounds, seems like a good format for it, a bit of audience interaction with what the biggest sort of talking points of the month are. Um, so we'll be testing that out this Thursday. Jamie is coming on with us, so it'll be me, Donny, Jamie and yourself. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. And as always, leave us some feedback, some reviews, comments. We like all that stuff. And get Fucking your, love it. Get your tickets for Play Expo Glasgow if you have not done that already. Leave reviews, phone a friend, grab your auntie. Let's fucking go Play Expo. Yes. Indeed. And that's all for this week. So thanks for listening as always. And see you next time. Over now. Bye.